Hello and welcome to the next in my studies in John's Gospel. We're into chapter 9 and I've entitled this session Enabling the What Now. Now, you do really have to have listened or watched the last two in John chapter 9 just to have a kind of understanding what on earth I'm talking about. We're talking about the story where Jesus encounters a man who had been blind from birth and the uh, disciples asked Jesus whether it was this man's sin or his parents' sins that had caused his blindness. This was a, a, a common question that would have been expected to be asked, and the answer would have been one or the other. But Jesus is shocking in saying it's neither. And we talked about how that Jesus says this remarkable phrase that what he wants now is for God's work, his God's good works to be displayed in this man's life. That it's not about why, it's about what now? In other words, in the midst of our suffering, we need to ask the what now? And I want to build on the question that we began last session. We're going to continue through this session and ask this question. How might the work of God be displayed in the difficult part of our lives? How can we look for what God can do for his glory? It's not about us. It's about him. Now, in the story, uh, Jesus uh, heals the man first by making a little mud out of his own spit and rather disgustingly putting that on his eyes and then telling the man to go and wash. And in our last study, we looked about looking for what God is doing and then doing what Jesus says. And he went and washed. That would have been an unusual thing for him, having had that disgusting experience. And we talked about the things that God asks us to do in order to enable him to be revealed within us. We pick it up at verse 8. His neighbours and those who had formerly seen him begging asked, isn't this the same man who used to sit and beg? Now, I'm going to spiritualize something that's going on here, but it's this. They recognized that he was different. Something had changed. Clearly, he could now see. And the rest of the chapter unfolds this dialogue and this testimony and this witness that the man gives that he has changed. But I want to suggest for us that the next thing that we can do in order for God to be displayed in our lives is to let change happen and let it be seen. In other words, to let the suffering, the difficulty change us and to let that be obvious. So there are two questions that I want to ask just in this study. The first is, what changes does God want to make and might he make through our experience of suffering? And then secondly, how do we cooperate with God? So what changes does God want to make? You'll pick up the theme in a moment. But I want to suggest that God always wants to make us more loving. And where there used to be self-centeredness, he wants to bring love. And suffering can be an instrument that turns us away from inward self-centeredness and turns us towards love. We want other people to notice that we've become more loving, that the work and the intervention of God within our lives has made us more loving. 
That's what he wants to do. He wants to make us people of love. So it helps for us to know what God is trying to do before we talk about what we can do to cooperate with that. He wants to create joy where there used to be complaint, where there used to be cynicism. God wants to create a sense of gratitude, a sense of thanksgiving for the good things in our lives. In the midst of suffering, how can God bring joy? God wants to bring peace where there used to be anxiety, where there used to be envy, where there used to be a real sense of guilt and shame and low self-esteem. God wants to bring peace. Now you may be beginning to realize that I'm going through the fruits of the Spirit from Galatians 5, 22 and 23 because I believe this is what God wants to do in our lives. And if the work of God is to be displayed in our suffering, then these are the things he's going to want to bring out within us. He wants to bring out patience where there used to be irritability, where there used to be anger, where there used to be doubt. He wants to create the ability to wait with calmness. Now, why are we unpacking all of this? Because if, as I said in our last talk, we want to say to God, here's my suffering, use it for your glory. And if we want to say, well, what God is your glory going to look like within me? It's going to look like the transformation of my character into these things. Kindness where there used to be blame and judgment. That perhaps our suffering, as we talked about last time, makes us more humble. Goodness, where there used to be dishonesty. Faithfulness, where there used to be uh, giving up and fickleness and a lack of resilience. And God wants to create that in us. Self-control where there used to be lust or greed or destructive habits. And so it's saying to God, Lord, use this difficult experience that I don't want and that you didn't want for me, but that nevertheless I'm going through. Will you transform me within it? Will you refine me in it? Will you make me more like Jesus? As I referred to last time, Paul in Philippians talks about wanting to know Christ. And he talks about knowing Christ comes through having fellowship with his sufferings. In other words, being joined to, as Jesus would say, taking up his cross. Paul talks about being involved in the suffering of Jesus. Why? that he might become more like Jesus. So how then do we cooperate with God? Here we are going through a difficult experience and we've stopped asking why and we now want to ask what now and we know that God wants to transform our character. He wants to bring us more like Jesus. He wants to fill us with the fruit of his spirit. How do we cooperate with that? How do we let that happen? 
Firstly, we need to ask God to reveal what he wants to change. Are we impatient? And he's saying, I really want to transform you that others might see in you that you have become patient. Remember, this is arising out of the story that the people have observed that this man has changed once he was blind and now he can see. Once Donald was impatient, but now he has become patient. Once he lacked self-control and he would fly off the handle and he would grab anything for himself, he would lust or ogle at anything. But now the work of Jesus has brought self-control. And we say to God, Lord, what is it that you want to change within me? What is it that you want to shape and mold? Where is there cynicism that needs to become joy? Where is there dishonesty that needs to become goodness? Where is there anger and bitterness that needs to become love? Where is there fear that needs to become peace? And as we ask God to reveal it, so we acknowledge what needs to change. And the second aspect then of cooperating with God is to confess and repent. To say, Lord, I'm sorry. I am impatient. I'm not gentle. I'm not self-controlled. Lord, will you work good out of that which I don't want but is happening to me such that I become more like you? Lord, I'm sorry for my lack of joy, for my envy, for my blame, for my beating up of myself. Lord, I ask you to Bring instead peace. There is tremendous, uh, indescribable power, I believe, in being honest before God and saying, Lord, this is who I am. I'm sorry. And we ask God to bring the transformation. And I don't believe that God can transform us until we see it and admit it. And we want others to say, isn't this the one who used to be that? And the only way we can be transformed is when we say, God, I've got it wrong. Will you come in and change me? He alone can change us. But he cannot change us until we give him permission. Until we acknowledge and recognize what it is we want to be different in. And maybe you say to God, Lord, I just want to be a person of joy. I long to be joyful. I'm sorry for the anger, the bitterness, the resentment, the complaining, the grumbling, the criticism that I've allowed to permeate and per, per, uh, affect who all that I am. Lord, I'm sorry. Will you bring joy into me? Fill me with your spirit. And as we do that, we then lastly need to obey the first steps that he commands. Because as we've confessed and as we've asked him to transform, we may just begin to get a little prompt. Get rid of that thing in your house. 
Spend less time with that person. Stop drinking at those occasions, that amount. Come off social media. Stop posting or tweeting, criticizing. The little step. It's not that we are trying to change ourselves. It's that as we've asked God to change us, we become aware, conscience begins to be filled with his spirit. We become aware of the things that he's saying, you know, that's got to go. That's got to stop. And bit by bit, he gives us the strength and the power and the resource to do it. But it has to come in that order. We first ask him, Lord, what is it that you want to change? We second admit it. We own it. We confess it. We turn away from it. We say, Lord, we're sorry. We want to be different. And we third say, God, fill me. And then we take the first steps. The man born blind had the humiliating and disgusting mud put on his eyes and he then had to go and do what Jesus asked of him. And he had to wash. He knew and had to admit that he was unclean. We're perhaps, perhaps vaguely reminded of the story in the Old Testament of Naaman who has got leprosy and is told to go and wash and he refuses to do it because he, he thinks it's too uh, uh, humiliating a thing. Eventually, he's persuaded to do it. And so God wants to change us. But we have to own and admit our weakness and our humility. So our questions for reflection. What does God want to change in us? What does he want to refine through this fire that we are going through? What blemish, what uh, uh, inconsistency does he want to remove through the furnace of suffering? And do we want to change? Because if we want to remain angry and bitter and not embrace joy, if we want to remain guilt-ridden and fearful and not embrace peace, if we want to remain self-centered and hurtful and not embrace love, if we want to remain envious and resentful and impatient and not embrace patience, then we will. So it's a really important question. Do I want to be more like Jesus? Do I want to change? And as I confess and repent and allow him to change me, the final question is, what is he asking us to do first to make the change? Maybe it's come at us from different directions over the last few days or weeks or even months and we know what needs to be done. And God just says, take that first step and do it. And start there. And I will, I will bring my love. I will bring my joy. I will bring my peace. I will bring my patience. I will transform you. And others will look at you and say, isn't he the one who used to be like that? But take this first step. And don't we all long to be the person that others will say, have you noticed how much they've changed? 
Have you noticed that they are different? They won't come through our effort. It will come through the filling of his spirit, acknowledging, repenting, asking, and then taking the first step. Let's pray. Lord, will you help us to become more like you? Will you refine us? Will you restore us? Will you rebuild us? Will you fashion us to be truly representing your image as you intended? Reveal to us what needs to change. Give us the courage to face it, the honesty to own up, and the power to repent. Father, will you, by your grace, set us free and transform us such that others would see, wow, God's been at work in them. That's our prayer, that we would reveal you. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.